It's caucus day. The 2024 presidential election cycle officially begins tonight in cold Iowa. Really cold. We look at the Hawkeye State and how they pick presidents or not. Alabama, according to a federal court, can enforce their ban on gender-affirming care for minors. We look at that and what it means for South Carolina. As today is Martin Luther King Jr. Day, the University of South Carolina decided to put out a piece explaining the controversial history of public enemy number one in South Carolina. Clemson? John C. Calhoun. Okay. We discussed that and the woke erasure that is trying to take place. And Delta and United and Southwest all double down on their DEI in the AIR today on the Palmetto Family Matters Show. Welcome in. It's a Monday, and for you politicos and politicas, it's here. Feminine, I see what you, I see what you did masculine there. Masculine and feminine. I see what you did there. It is here, Caucus Day. Now it's only one of those, so it's caucus. Of course, we understand that the plural of caucus is cockeye. So hence the name. Hence Hawkeye. the name. Hawkeye, but if all ninety nine, well, I assume they break down by precinct. So I assume. if they're cockeye, they're caucusing. But if they're, they're caucusing at the cockeye. But if there's a caucus located in every county, 99 of them to be exact. Right. Yeah, there's the joke in yeah. there. I got uh, 99 problems, but a caucus ain't one. Yeah. Wouldn't that be cockeye? It would. We're going to find out who wins maybe tonight. Maybe. Maybe tomorrow. It's Republicans, so probably tonight. <laughs> I would assume. Yeah, it's not the Democrat Iowa caucus, so... To, yeah. uh, we should hear tonight. Maybe it'll probably be late tonight. By the way, it is Monday, January 15th, in the year of our Lord, 2024. Ding. You, were you having a sign your check moment there when you said 20? Yes. Okay, yeah. Yes. Yeah, and today's so. program is brought to you by I Believe SC, IBelievesc.net, where you can go to get your I Believe SC license plate. Those license plates are funded. By Christians from across the state. Did you know you can get like a, a they're like vanity plates. Yeah. Uh, and you can get a personalized, I believe, SC plate. Yeah. And there are still, yeah. for those of you that care about this, there's still very low numbers available. If you'd be interested in one of those low numbers. JC1. Yeah, there you go. Email us at email at palmettofamily.org and we'll find out if we can get you a the, low number. The high temperature today in Iowa City, Iowa is one. Burr. And it's, uh, <laughs> according to the Weather Channel, quote, bitterly cold. Thank you. Uh, winds winds out of the west at 10 That's to 15 miles. This is, I'm, I'm doing my local on the eights here. Winds yeah. out of the west at 10 to 15 miles per hour. Tonight, low temperatures with clouds this evening will give way to mainly clearing skies overnight. Very cold. Lows, negative 12. Winds out of the west at 10 to 15 miles an hour. By the way, tonight, the moon <laughs> is a face? waxing crescent. In the words of Rob Van Winkle, ice, ice, baby. It is cold. cold. It is cold. cold. Uh, And that might drive, I don't know, does it drive turnout? We'll see. The Iowans are a hardy people. I mean, they've elected (laughs) Chuck Grassley and Joni Ernst and Kim Reynolds as their governor. They are a hardy people. Bob Vanderplotz leads those people to greatness. By the I don't way, think it, this, I don't think people it, are going to miss doesn't get, It doesn't get much warmer for a while. Uh, today it's 1. Tomorrow's 3 degrees. Wednesday they really heat up at 17. Yeah. Then they're back to 8, 3, 2. And then you got a real good warm front coming through. They get into the 20s and the 30s uh, post-caucus. And by the way, after tonight, I'm just going to 
Spoiler. And we're in South Carolina. So Leave I can say the this. light on in the pump house. After tonight, they will never see these candidates again. Uh, oh, oh, you were going there. I thought you were going to, it's going to get cold no, here. No, they, well, well, here, yes. But once the once this night is over, these candidates will not go through Iowa me, again, but maybe once. Let me ask you this. And that's is, because it's happening with South Carolina, is too. Is Iowa considered a flyover state in the general? Yes. So, like, the once, people... Once it's done, we know Iowa's going red. The people in Moose Haven yeah. will never see Vivek Ramaswamy Ever again. Maybe not ever again. He's probably running in 28. So they'll okay. see him again. Okay. But uh, they'll never see not Donald Trump ever again. This but is, I love Iowa. If you live in Moose Haven, I, I, I'm guessing that's He hasn't a town. been to Moose Haven. Donald Trump couldn't point to he Moose Haven on a, a map. He a surrogate. Yeah, 100%. Your local from, mayor. Whoever the rep is from Moose yeah, Haven who supports yeah, Trump, yeah, that's his yeah. surrogate. I'm curious what uh, the pop is. the people is. in Moose Haven are probably like, I don't even know who that guy is. Anyway, Iowa. Listen, it's the first in the country. It's the first caucus. It's important. I don't think there's any question about that, and we'll look into why it's important in a second because uh, much like I do in college football or in the NFL or in Major League Baseball, any of the sports that I watch, or college basketball for that matter, go Gamecocks, we're looking at paths to victory. You know, before a game, uh, for example, if we look at Michigan and Washington, the most recent national championship game in college football that was played, we said the path to victory for Michigan is simple. They got to run the ball. If they run the ball, if they run for over 160, 170 yards, I mean, that is a padlock right, stat. Right. They're going to win the yeah, ball game. Yeah. There are, you have to have certain paths to victory in this. But the problem is when it comes to winning the Iowa caucus, it doesn't necessarily prove out to have wide ramifications as you go are, through the primary are process. Are you saying then that you don't have to win Iowa to win the presidency? No, it's more likely you need to win South Carolina to win the pre- presidency. I almost said pregnancy. Now, <laughs> in, in terms of the Republican nomination, let's just talk nomination. You were the party's nominee at the yes. convention in June or yes. July. The last winner of the Iowa caucus to go on to win his or her party's nomination in the Republican primary... W. W. In t- 2000, 24 years ago. Now watch this drive. Because from then, and by the way, I'm saying contested. Caucus, right. right? Yeah. So 2000, we had a contested one. It was George W. Bush. In 08, Mike Huckabee won that primary. John McCain finished fourth, won the caucus. Finished. John McCain finished fourth and went on to win the, pri- uh, win the nomination. In 2012, Rick Santorum won the, won the, won right. the caucus. Yeah. Mitt Romney finished second. He would go on to win the party's nomination, much to the chagrin of anyone who wanted to keep Fred President Thompson Obama. Fred Thompson came in third. With Fred the, Thompson was viable with in the that red campaign. truck. Yeah, he was viable in, in that campaign. Uh, and then in 2016, the one we all remember, Ted Cruz mm-hmm. won that caucus. Donald Trump finished second, followed by Marco Rubio, Ben Carson, Rand Paul, Jeb Bush. What a field! Carly Fiorina, John Kasich, Mike Huckabee, Chris Christie, Rick Santorum, and Jim Gilmore. Who's Jim Gilmore? Not a clue. Okay. Jim Gilmore's family's asking who Jim Gilmore I'm is. I'm googling and him right now. So the point is, winning in Iowa doesn't necessarily translate to winning the nomination, or even when you win the nomination, winning the general election. <clears throat> John McCain and Mitt Romney. They were facing against. They were facing up against a transformational leader in Barack Obama, whatever. 
On the Democrat side, by the way, if you don't remember, the Democrats undercut Iowa and moved their first primary slash caucus to South Carolina. That's because Joe Biden understands he needs the black vote in South Carolina to do anything. We'll get to his polling numbers in a second. No offense to Victoria Cobb. He was the Virginia governor from 98 to 2000. He's what we would call snap famous he's, he's like a, he look he, you've seen that face you're 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 that guy but jim gilmore if you like dime, dimes to donuts you, you couldn't po- pick him out of a lineup poor so on the democrat side and though fat. it's a little different by the way the last i mean one two three four the last four caucuses for the democrats in iowa have produced that party's nominee oh yeah including a president uh named barack obama uh al gore john Kerry, barack obama hillary, hillary clinton, clinton. <laughs> and soon. then in 2020 they did not select. Um, they did not select Joe Biden. Pete Buttigieg won that caucus, did he not? In twenty twenty, am I crazy? Uh, or was it Bernie? Uh, it was a, a bad. It was a poorly run caucus. But I can't remember. Mitch is going to effort that now. Here's why we talk about it this way. Because right now I'm looking at the Real Clear Politics polls. RCP polling, RealClearPolling.com is absolutely without a doubt the best. Yeah. You could do because yeah. they are. It is a um, it is a conglomeration of polls. Pete Buttigieg won that won that caucus. He got fourteen. Iowa delegates. Iowa got vastly more. But you got to remember, I, Jim Clyburn decides the twenty twenty race in South Carolina. Joe Biden was tra- Joe Biden finished fourth in Iowa and fifth in New Hampshire. Yeah, and then comes to South Carolina and wins and turns on the afterburners. Yeah, it was crazy. Every- at that point, everybody's saying, "Okay, do you remember who the front runner for presidency was at that point on the Democratic side? Former mayor? It was Pete. No, Bloomberg. No, he was never the front runner. He was never the front runner. He, he was- entered late. Well, yeah. For good reason, stay above he, the fray. He he was never the front runner. Bernie Sanders was the front runner. Bernie Sanders, imagine? Bernie Sanders had two nominations stolen from him by the Democrat. Uh, can, but but good. Could, can you imagine Bernie Sanders president? He wouldn't have won. Today we're going to shut it all down. He wouldn't have won. Oh, that's really loud. I'm sorry. He would not have won. The general. No more pudding for anyone. Right. Billionaires, millionaires. I can still see him sitting there with his. Grass-colored mittens. No one cares about your dang emails. Um, <laughs> now, on that folding chair, I, <laughs> poor guy. Iowa, Iowa has an opportunity here, and, and and let's be clear about what's at stake. And and I, what's tonight? Monday night. So there is playoff football on tonight. Eagles, Buccaneers, and we got the Bills and the Steelers at four thirty. If they can um, play, if they can play, they should be fine. You know what? Just play. They we might hired, not be able to see you, but we know you're down there somewhere. They were hiring locals twenty dollars an hour. The to Bills come have always done that. Though. Shovel the, the snow. The Bills have always done that during. Big Did you storms. see the picture of the stadium? Yeah, they could have played. No offense, people from Buffalo. Build a dome. They could no. Build no, a dome. No. No, that's the beauty of playing at New Era Field in Buffalo, in, in Orchard Park. Also, not playing. I think it's great. And how, and how dare Kathy Hochul overstep her bounds of government. Anyway, <laughs> here's here's the thing about Iowa. Whether you're watching the NFL playoffs today or you're watching the Iowa caucus, the Iowa caucus roll-ins, whatever you're watching, I hope you enjoy it. I'll probably be flipping between both because this is an important day. Right now... According to an Emerson poll, 
in an Iowa presidential caucus poll. Yep. Donald Trump is plus 34. Trump 55, Haley 21, DeSantis 15, Romswam at 5, Asa Hutchinson still running for president, apparently. Apparently he didn't get the memo Did that no one cares. Tell, not tell him that... Appreciate him coming to Vision 24, but no his, one got the memo that no one cares. His whole campaign suspended except for him. Yeah, his campaign's not suspended. They're like, hey, wait a second. His his whole staff's gone. He's at one in the other two polls. Yeah, in a, in a Des Moines Register NBC News poll, Trump plus 28, Nikki Haley at 20. DeSantis picks up that one at, at 16. Ram Swamy is up to 8. Trump sits at 48. Yeah, listen. It would be shocking <laughs> if Trump doesn't win tonight. It'd be shocking. It would be shocking if Trump doesn't have over 25% of the vote. Here's the question. I, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. If he doesn't beat the field by at least 25%. Okay, so here's the question then. Does he get over 50% tonight? Yes. Does he? Absolutely. You sure? Absolutely. Now, how close? Because here's here's the here's the inside baseball. Let's let's break down a few scenarios yeah. here before we move on to our next topic. Because I'm not saying that Donald Trump should or should not win the Iowa caucus. I'm not saying that Nikki Haley should. I'm not saying Ron DeSantis should. I believe that we need to winnow the field down a little bit more. I mean, there there are, there are there are barriers to this, right? I, I'm fine with 16 people declaring a run for president, but once you realize your campaign's not viable, get out. We're down to four. Tonight should winnow that down to two. I, I, we're down to I. We're down to three and a half. Three and a half. You, Vivek. Vivek's no a half. offense to all of our friends here in the state Vivek's a half who are candidate. working very hard and tires, tirelessly for Vivek. But it's becoming tiresome to me. Well, he is. Yeah. Um. Not their work. Him. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's. I think it really it's a three person One race. One would argue it's two. One would argue it's two. I, I hear what the polling. I hear what you're saying. I don't agree with it. I hear what you're saying. But some would say it's two. Now, here's the other thing to bear in mind tonight: mm-hmm. the caucus is different in that it is a public gathering, not just a debate. public gathering. There, the when they call for the votes at the end, when they call for people to pledge their vote, it is a verbal voice. I, I mean, it is an out loud vote. Voice, we call that voice vote. Yeah, they don't go in a. <laughs> I. They don't go in a ballot box. Or the, in a in a uh, closed, you know, like a uh, uh, shower curtain booth. Kind right. of, no, they. Uh, you know, Justin. For whom do you cast your pledge your ballot? And that's you would scary. say, uh, it, so <laughs> that's that, that's intimidating. So you got you and and it's it, I don't know that I've ever seen a video where it gets off the rails. Um, I don't I don't think I've ever seen that. So my assumption is that people are pretty civil during all of that. The good people of Iowa. So you know if if you're sitting next to you know, your wife. Yeah, and she votes for Nikki Nikki Haley, and you say, "Well, I'm going to vote for um, the fake Ramaswamy." Sure, you could. It's you don't know, you have to go to corners you, of the room. I maybe I don't know how that works. I just always thought it was it's like four corners. Johnny, school, yeah, four yeah. corners. Anyone left in the middle is uncommitted. Yeah, and if um, you're and if you're in corner one, right? I, it's an yeah. interesting scenario because let's 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 break down what could happen tonight. Trump wins by fifty. You know, he gets 50% of the vote. Yeah. I don't think there's any point in continuing the charade. 
the people of New Hampshire and South Carolina would, and Nevada for that matter, would disagree. I'm not but, saying cancel their primaries. I'm not right, saying cancel their yeah, primaries. Yeah. What I'm saying is, if he pulls more than 50% in Iowa and beats the field by 25, there's no way he's losing in New Hampshire. So South watch campaign contributions starting tomorrow. One of two things happens for Nikki Haley. If she loses right now... Um, what if she finishes second? What yeah, if she finishes she's, second? She's supposed to come in second all three of these polls in Iowa, but she's supposed to lose between 34 and 28, so I'm going to split the middle 30. and say she loses at 30 to 31%. If she loses by 31% of the vote... What happens to campaign contributions? Do they go through the roof and people are like, okay, but then what you happens, came in second. But Woo! that means Ron DeSantis finished third. Correct. And is even less viable as a candidate. So do Where they do consider backing down? considerations go? But again, when you're talking purely candidate, if your number one is Ron DeSantis, odds are your number two is Donald Trump. You're right, yeah. If your number one is Nikki Haley, odds your are your number two, two is Ron DeSantis. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, so that's the break, right? By the way, there have been several candidates who have not backed, you know, those that have dropped out that have not uh, endorsed another candidate. Right. If, if I th- I think we're in agreement that Donald Trump wins tonight. Yes. The, the next question is, who finishes second and by how badly? <laughs> because... Well, because, like Mitch, like you were saying with campaign donations, that also determines momentum heading to New Hampshire. And I will tell you this, that the New Hampshire polling says it's actually a lot closer than Iowa. Right. Oh, it's much New closer. New Hampshire polling has and, – and I'm telling you, if she overperforms in Iowa, and I think you can go back and check the tape. You can go back and check the tape here. Um, many episodes ago, and I can find it for you, I sat here on, at this desk, at this table, on this microphone, not with formerly nicotine-stained hands. Uh. And I said, watch out for her. If she mm-hmm. overperforms in Iowa, she can win New Hampshire, and then the game is on. Because South Carolina is pretty much a done deal for Trump based on the polling. However, momentum matters. So, in the Momentum mo- matters. In the most recent um, New Hampshire polling... The average is 14? The That's av- close yes. compared to 38. Well, certainly. But what's mind-boggling is that a man who has suspended his campaign. Now, he suspended toward the end of the polling field number, uh, the would, window. And that would go to Nikki. Most likely. Or, or just to be honest with you, it could be split between DeSantis and Nikki. 11% going to Nikki would still not throw her over but Trump, it would bring her within three. But it would bring her within the margin of error. DeSantis pulling a distant fourth. And and this may Justin, I'm I'm bordering on dangerous territory when I what I'm about to say. This may come as close to as an as close to an endorsement as I've ever come. I like Ron DeSantis. I truly do. I think he's a great governor. He's a I great. Think, he's the he's the best governor in the country. Uh, and 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 no offense to ours. I'll, I'll, no I'll, offense and to I'll, ours. And I'll hedge when I say this. I think three of the people that are still running for president on the Republican side would be a far bre- better president than the one that we have now. I think three. all four. I think all four would be better. Are you saying Vivek would be better? No. Uh, God bless An him. Upturned no. mop with a bucket for a head. 
yes, and we can talk about that. Yeah, there, there's there's something. There are things I, I agree with. Action scares me more than inaction sometimes. That's fair. Uh, That's fair. You know, it's Howard, all about who you see. You, Howard Dean. You govern. You govern to the medium. You don't I, and I govern get that. to the edge. You govern to the medium. I except the except the, the the DeSantis campaign. If these numbers bear out, mm-hmm. and and I do not see. Um, they have not posted a recent Kahaley and Trafalgar poll. No, they haven't. So, uh, let me see. Uh, national. I don't care about national. By the way, never look at national polls. Trafalgar, um, if his numbers bear out, because I, I truly believe that they're usually, uh, they're very reliable. Yeah. Right now, as of 1-8, so. That was a week ago. Yep. 52 and this is Iowa, 52 Trump, 18 Haley, 18 DeSantis. Which is about the average of the two that we just mentioned. So if those two come in a far distant second place, and by the way, he's right on the money, 34% going to Trump. I'm going to give those the, the rest of the field three points and say he beats them by 31. I th- If he loses by – if he, I think he loses the Iowa caucus – if he beats them by any less than 25. No, he still wins. Yes, but in their minds. It sets him the up. Tr- yeah, because I because I've been told, and, okay. and by by no one I will name at all. A source, Mitch, a source close. We are going to win. It's by how many points. It's margin yeah. at this point. And, that's, and, that's, and that is a direct quote. Yes. From someone close to the situation. Yes, very close. So... And and we we will break down the Iowa caucus. Maybe we'll hop on here tomorrow and do it really quickly. Really we, quickly. We spent a lot of time on this. We so have far. already today, and, 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 I'm, it's and fun. I'm okay with it. We're, okay we're with political it. nerds because here's here's my next thing, and, and I know we need to move on. If Ron DeSantis finishes a distant third in Iowa, and I have well, listen again, I I can speak glowingly about interactions with all of these people, except for Trump. I've never met him. But I've sat down with I've sat down with Governor Haley, right? Very kind, gracious with her time. Yeah, we absolutely. Talk, we sat and talked for forty five minutes. A very nice person, easy to talk to. Yep. Really respect her. Uh, Rhonda Sand, very nice person. Yep. Vivek Ramaswamy. He he's a he's a likable guy. He's a likable guy, very congenial and easy to talk to. Talked with him for forty five minutes. It's absolutely. still it's still our most listened to show ever. However. If Ron DeSantis finishes a distant third in Iowa, and and I have we have friends who are supporting him, absolutely, cool, congratulations, go work, go work it. Um, it would be one of the biggest disappointments in recent political memory. Yeah, and my question there is: is that a is that a um, was he ill timed? Well, I would argue that the timing of the announcement of the campaign was poorly timed, and whether that was his choice or certain people in the governor's office or or his advisors at the time on the political side. Was it ever his time? He's too much like the former president. Yes, but and not no. different enough. Right, right. And does that and make sense? Here's the problem with Ron DeSantis, and and this sounds so you know jaded. You're right. He's very similar in in style. Sure. Not necessarily style. In in content mm-hmm. to the previous president. The question you have to ask then is, will the at the end of the day, the third rail here is the media. 
you have you have the voters, you have the candidates, and then you have the media. And how the messaging is handled is going to matter. If the if the candidate for president is the former president, yep. the media is going to continually vilify him. And the reason they're going so soft on him right now, quote unquote soft, is to get him the nomination. Is to give him the nomination because they believe he's the one that's most likely to be beat by Biden. Will they vilify will they vilify Ron DeSantis? They'll vilify whoever the Republican nominee uh, will, is. Will would they and I'm just gonna throw three at you, yes, no, you can you can do whatever you want. Will, will they, if she is the nominee, will they vilify Nikki Haley? Yes. Why? Because she's not a part of the preferred regime. She's not. She's, she's not a, a woman. Wa- she's a woman. She's a minority. I, but she's not. Yeah, she might check those boxes, but she's not representative of what the progressive ideology so just is. Her, it's just her. Like, is she probably the most liberal of the candidates left on the Republican side? Absolutely. Is, but, she, is it just because of her platform then? It's solely because of her platform. It's and solely she's riding because she an worked, elephant. She worked for Trump. Okay. She endorsed Trump and then didn't. Then she endorsed him again. She worked for him. She speaks glowingly of him. I think I think no matter who the candidate is, they will be vilified simply because they don't reflect what the media wants. Too really fast. Would they have vilified Tim Scott? Yes. Oh, yes, Uncle Tom. Yeah. Yeah. Uncle Tim. Yeah. And we've heard that. And it's just ridiculous. It's, it's a ridiculous shame, shame on you. It's an assassination of character, but they absolutely would have done well, that. And he doesn't have a he doesn't have a what shame well, he's, on you. He's well, and the thing is, and he's spoken about this, and he spoke about this with us on this show. Right. It's he's black, so therefore how can he be a Republican? Right. That's yeah. always well, the argument. I mean the president of the United States, the current president of the United States said if you don't vote for me, you ain't black. Right. We forget and, that. Uh, hello. We don't forget that. But one more, just for fun. Okay. And I know the answer, Okay. but I'm curious to hear your why. Mike Pence. Oh, yeah. Super ultra-conservative, Christian, Christian nationalist. He's not white. He's pasty he's, white. He's pasty C3. white. He hates gays. Yeah. He supports electroshock therapy. And then he therapy. gets hit from both sides because he's a, quote, and I'm he's quoting, also, he's, he's a traitor. He's also a traitor who didn't do what he was supposed to do, oh, and, I'm, yeah, and, I'm, yeah, and I'm quoting yeah, that one, which, yeah. by the way, the vice president has no constitutional authority to do what he was told to do. James Madison. Uh, so there's that. The Iowa caucus, uh, sure to be a big night tonight in the Hawkeye State, or as Brent Musburger used to say, the Hawkeye State. And uh, we look forward to breaking down those results with you. We'll move quickly through our next couple of topics, because we just spent a really long time on that. Woo. Alabama. Can immediately begin enforcing a ban outlawing the retirement of former coaches. Sorry, wrong thing. Enforcing a ban outlawing the use of puberty blockers and hormones to treat transgender people under 19. A federal appeals court ruled Thursday, granting the state's request to stay a preliminary injunction that had blocked enforcement of the law that was passed in 2022. The 11th U.S. Circuit Court of Appeals had previously ruled that the injunction should be vacated, but the decision had been effectively on hold for more than 18 months, while families with transgender children asked the full appellate court to reconsider. The Thursday order will allow the ban to take effect. The physical and psychological safety of our children can now be better protected from these untested and life-altering chemical and surgical procedures through the implementation of the Alabama Vulnerable Child Compassion and Protection Act, State Attorney General Steve Marshall said. Um, in response to the decision, Alabama Governor Kay Ivey signed that law uh, or signed it into law in April of 2022, which makes it a felony 
for doctors punishable by up to 10 years in prison to treat people under 19 with puberty blockers or hormones to help affirm their gender identity. No step too high for a high step up. Lawyers representing parents of transgender adolescents who challenged the Alabama law said the decision will hurt parents and children in the states. I love it. Yeah. I love that we are saying that it is it is wrong and hurtful to not allow children to have their puberty stopped and their genitals mutilated. If you don't allow us to do that, it's harmful. But if you allow us to do that, it's wonderful and good and and, well, and free. It's just part of the political it's it's part of your political agenda. It really has nothing to do with protecting children, is what we've been told. Now, there are some concerns here. Um, this is great news for the help not harm movement. Um, Certainly. Great news. Problem is the the, district. The concern we have is that this is in the 11th Circuit, and states like South Carolina, North Carolina, Virginia are in the 4th Circuit. And you say, well, why does that matter? It's a liberal circuit. Uh, It's a liberal circuit. It's the the second most liberal circuit in the country outside of the 9th. Right. So California, Oregon, Nevada, Idaho. We'll get get, uh, rulings from other circuits. Most likely the case then, because, Justin, you correct me if I'm wrong, I think this is the first one to be ruled on at the circuit level. Yeah. If that's the case, this will probably go to the Supreme Court. be the first in line at, this, at, at SCOTUS. So Which is great. Others will get in it. line, and hopefully, you know, because there's Our this there's naturally this objection, how dare you waste this taxpayers of South Carolina's money to put it, you know, to defend it. And I'm grateful for an attorney general who said, I'll defend it all day long. Um, the concern I have is where where this falls when it comes to the Supreme Court level. We know that some of the cases that have come from the 11th in, and the 5th, for that matter, in regard to circuit-level decisions have not always been – they haven't consistently been upheld at the Supreme Court level. Yeah. Um, so – to be determined, we believe that the Help Not Harm bill that is currently in uh, going to be heard on the House floor, uh, the South Carolina State House floor, this week is a good bill. It's a strong bill, and um, it truly does help children who are being harmed by this, this awful practice. Now, that bill will be heard this week. We've already gotten... I've already seen word that, you know, the new rule didn't didn't get it did passed. Not. So we're going to have hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of amendments uh, as they try to kill the bill by way of that. Um, again, I said this to Mitch in private, and I'm going to say it on the air. And I hope I know I know this gets it's listened just, to. It's just us. It's just us. Yeah. I know this gets listened to in the state house. I know I know <laughs> of representatives and senators who listen, and I know of their staff who listen. So here's here's my here's what I want for those who oppose the help-not-harm legislation that would seek to protect children from harmful transgender ideologies. Ready? I want you to take to the well this week, and I want you to look your colleagues in the face. I want you to look at the camera in the back, and I want you to look at the people of South Carolina and say, I believe it is totally okay for children's genitals to be mutilated, and for us to stop it would be wrong. Well, period. They're never going to say that. Because no, they should because that because they because in the committee they went straight to pronouns and they absolutely. went straight to teachers outing children, and that is by far the most minor thing on the bill. They reframe the narrative, reframing the narrative to woke feelings and oh, it's so cunningly. No, explain to me, explain to me how you think it's okay. You want to give them a code word so when they're in the well, they can say that word, and then you'll know they're talking directly to you? 
No, I want them to say the statement. I want them to be willing, as, as, as people who are legislators, I want them on the record. I want them on the record saying they support it. You're Don't co- say you support pronouns. Don't say you su- – no, no, say that. Because if you can't say that, then why aren't we passing the bill? And then my favorite part, well, it's not happening here. Fine. Then you won't mind me banning it. Your code word, if you'd like to speak directly to Justin Hall, is just in the halls of the state house. That's a long code word. I know, I know. It's code words. It's well, a code phrase. Another thing inside the state of South Carolina, this from the Posting Courier. Uh, the fate of the larger-than-life statue of former Vice President and slavery supporter John C. Calhoun remains in legal limbo dun, dun, dun. more than three years after it was removed from its 125-foot perch overlooking the holy city of Charleston. The Charleston City Council voted to remove the statue from Marion Square in June 2020 because that's when we decided that George Floyd meant more than anything else. And so to appease the god that is George Floyd, we had to take down all the statues. The bronze eff- eff- effigy... I call it a statue, has set in an undisclosed warehouse on the, on the peninsula ever since uh, while plans for what to do with it have been thwarted in court. Now, there are some issues here. The Heritage Act, that the state law mm-hmm. that protects certain monuments and memorials, is only enforceable by the Attorney General, not private citizens. Um, the Heritage Act applies to war memorials, which the Calhoun statue is not. Attorney General Alan Wilson said the same thing back in 2020. Calhoun died a decade before the first shots of the Civil War. But he was known as an ardent defender of slavery, the reason for South Carolina's secession, calling it, quote, a positive good. He called slavery a, quote, positive mm-hmm. good. Right. Um, on January 12th, Bill Connor, an Orangeburg-based attorney representing Calhoun's ancestors, filed a motion asking the judge to reconsider their decision. Um, here's, the, here's the deal. Here's the deal. Mayor Tecklenburg listed this as one of his top accomplishments – in his time as mayor for eight years in Charleston, Removing calling the, the monument, quote, a symbol of support for slavery that had divided our city for too long, Calhoun, quote, did not deserve to be in the highest place of honor in our city without context. Well, Mayor Tecklenburg, you're no longer mayor, by the way. William Cogswell is the mayor of Charleston now. Perhaps, perhaps we need to take a little bit of a different perspective here. And, and Mitch, I could be, you know, correct me if I'm wrong. There are founding fathers of this country who supported slavery. It was, it was a way of life. Every, it was a societal norm. It was a societal norm. Unfortunately. A, a societal ill, but a societal norm. Unfortunately, yeah. And what we do know is that since the establishment of the United States of America with the Declaration of Independence and the Constitution— since then, the United States has been on the forefront of eradicating slavery. Yes. Uh, we were one of the first to do it. Yep. John C. Calhoun did support slavery. There's no question about mm-hmm. that. Would Now, here's, here's my next thing. We can't, from a 2024 lens, take our 2024 right. ideologies and say, I would hold these ideologies in 1854 when John C. Calhoun was living. By the way, a, a quick cursory search of John C. Calhoun lists his accomplishments. By the way, he does have a statue. I pass it every day when I'm inside the state house. He was born 1782 in Abbeville. He was a member of the Democrat Party. Just tossing that out there. You can bat that around as you wish. Oh, uh, let's see. Good gracious. There's so much. He was the seventh vice president of the United States. 
under John Quincy Adams and then under Andrew Jackson. He was succeeded by Martin Van Buren. Then he was a United States Senator from the state of South Carolina from 1845 to 1850. He was the 16th United States Secretary of State under John Tyler and James K. Polk. He was a he was a Secretary of War, Secretary of Defense, uh, from 1817 to 1825 um, under James Monroe. He was a member of the U.S. House of Representatives as well. Um, he was born John Caldwell Calhoun. He has ten children, uh, one spouse, Florida Bono Calhoun. Mm-hmm. Um, he was part of the Democratic Republican Party before 1828, switched to the Democratic Party in 1839 through 1850. He was educated at Yale and Litchfield Law. John C. Calhoun, whether we agree with him or not, is one of the most impactful voices to come from the state of South Carolina mm-hmm. in the national politic. Well, and uh, that's where there are two things I'd say to this. And the first one is maybe a bit of trivia for those of you that may not know this. Um, inside the U.S. Capitol, there are statues of representatives from hey, no, all never, 50 states. No, I've never been there. Really? Well, we'll, get you, we'll get you in. Um, and each state, unless they are duly notable as a president, like Georgia has more than two because Jimmy, Jimmy Carter. And you can change who those people are. The, the one that I most recently remember being changed, and I do not remember who he replaced, um, but the state of North Carolina replaced one of their two statues with, I believe it's one of the newest um, in Billy Graham, mm. which is which is really cool. I, I'm, I'm on the Architect of the Capitol's website. <clears throat> the two that represent South Carolina, do you know who they are? Uh, one would be John C. John Calhoun. Caldwell Calhoun. We don't claim Andrew Jackson. No. Tennessee he, I believe he's he represents... Uh, Tennessee let me, should claim him. Uh Pulling it up, Tennessee, correct, and he is in the rotunda. the 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 These are the ones that are in the rotunda, and and duly because all of them are presidents. Um, Dwight D. Eisenhower, Kansas; Gerald Ford, Michigan; James A. Garfield, Ohio; Andrew Jackson, Tennessee; Ronald Wilson Reagan from California; Harry S. Truman, I believe the S. Uh, I don't remember what the S stands for. Maybe nothing. Missouri. And old G-dubs himself, George Washington of Virginia. So, so who is the second? The second. It's uh, it's not Francis Marion. No, it's not but, Thomas but Sumter. A, but a close. Wade Hampton. Wade Hampton is the from Cashier's Valley. Ding, ding, ding. Good job. Uh, Cashier's. Uh, I buy you lunch sometime. Excellent. I'll get you in the. I'll get you in the U.S. Capitol. That would sometime. be preferred. Even better. Um, maybe. By the way, their locations also matter. As I told you, there are those that are in the rotunda. The second most honorable place, in my opinion, is National Statuary Hall, which is the old hall of the House of Representatives, where people like uh, Joseph Wheeler, Daniel Webster, Alexander Hamilton Stevens, um, Alexander Hamilton. Yeah, Henry Mower Price. My favorite, to be honest with you, is a guy from, um, and I'm trying to remember, Borlaug. Uh, I think it's Borlaug. Is he the one? No, he's the one that did the seeds. Uh, <laughs> sounds so. There's the guy that invented air conditioning. He nice. is in Statuary Hall. As he should be. Um, yeah. 
thankful for that. Pretty cool guy. And there's some that are absolutely beautiful. They're not all made of marble. The ones from Hawaii, um, King Kamehameha, amazing. It's very colorful. Most of them are either bronzed, white. Anyway, their locations matter. Wade Hampton is in the the Capitol Visitor Center. Nice. If you were to guess where the controversial John C. Calhoun is, where would you guess? Um, in the basement? In the crypt. He is in the crypt, uh, along with Sam Adams, uh, with John Peter Gabriel Muhlenberg, who is an amazing American. Um, so, so yeah. this, this is all to a point. Because South, the University of South Carolina published, um, it's called The Conversation. It brings academic experts together with professional editors to create timely, insightful content for a general audience. This is written by education professor Christian Anderson of the University of South Carolina. When I toured the South Carolina governor's mansion in 2019, I noticed the multi-volume papers of John C. Calhoun on display. It struck me as remarkable that Calhoun's ideas would be featured so prominently given his vigorous defense of slavery and his role in laying the groundwork for the Civil War. But the reality is Calhoun's legacy until now has been quite prominent in American society and not just the South. His statue stands between the two chambers of the House and Senate in the South Carolina State House. And he's you don't mention that there's literally a painting of him yes. behind the president of the Senate. Uh, his separate statue in Charleston was removed, blah, blah, blah. Um, it stood a block away from Mother Emanuel. Again, again, I don't know how you can correlate the two. So there's a difference, and and I, I'll be very careful how I say this because I, I want to walk a line here because I know that we have friends and family who are monument supporters no matter what, and then we have people saying tear it down. Yeah. I get it. There is a difference between honor and reminder. Yes. And I believe... No matter what, we should some of these statues should serve as reminder and and Not memorial honor. of what we've been through. It's supposed to be it's it's it is an age old and thing. not to do it again. This is this is I'm I'm just I'm just gonna bring a Christian worldview to this. Throughout Scripture, specifically in the Book of Genesis, when Abraham or Isaac or Jacob are at a place, they leave memorial stones. Yeah. They they build an altar and the altar stays. It's 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 stone. Why? Because he wants God wants us to remember yeah. what he's done, yeah. what he's given, what he's taken. That's why we have these. Uh the the writer goes on, this is fantastic, Mitchell, like this. Calhoun is all around us. <laughs> He's Numerous everywhere. cities and counties and streets and roads and schools and other public this places are named for Calhoun. This is true. A slaveholder who served as, and we went over his, for, for instance, the Calhoun State Office Building sits in the Capitol Complex in South Carolina. There are counties named after, after him in his home state, as well as Alabama, Arkansas, Georgia, and elsewhere in the South. There is even a Calhoun County in Michigan named for him. So they go through, he, he called slavery a positive good um and then he he had a lot of different um he had a lot of different opinions and and some of them I disagree with most of them I do actually uh which is fine 
Decades of teaching a particular doctrine do not fade easily or quickly. The United States is now witnessing another racial awakening with protests for social justice. Okay. Symbols of racism and white supremacy are being removed from higher education. On June 17th, the University of North Carolina at Chapel Hill Board of Trustees reversed its 16-year moratorium on renaming buildings put in place after the statue known as Silent Sam was torn down in 2018. The University System of Georgia also moved in June 2020 to review the names of its buildings. This would include the University of Georgia's Grady School of Journalism, which is named after Henry Grady, an avowed white supremacist. After Calhoun's death in 1850, his colleague in the Senate, Thomas Hart Benton of Missouri, remarked about him, quote, he is not dead. There may be no vitality in his body, but there is in his doctrine. Calhoun's ideologies fueled the Civil War, gave comfort to those who believed in the lost cause, that is, to show the Civil War in the best light possible from the Confederate point of view, which no one teaches that, and perpetuated the teaching of racist and white supremacist attitudes. Uh, this last line. Because the ideas he espoused have flourished, I believe that dismantling his legacy will take much more than just removing statues of his likeness or renaming buildings, streets, and other public places named in his honor. This is that, and that that is dangerous. This is erasure. Yeah, it's a you. How can you, whether you agree with his opinion or not? Okay, let's. Okay, now today, I'm gonna. I'm, I'm using this as an example, please. <laughs> today is Martin Luther King Jr. Day. Yes, it would be wrong of someone to say I disagree with everything he said. I don't care that he was prominent in our history. Every vestige of him should be doesn't removed. Doesn't exist. And yep. it does not yep. exist anymore. And we're seeing that. And I'll give you a more incendiary example, but I think most people listening or that aren't listening ever will agree with. Mahmoud Ahmadinejad. <clears throat> Anybody know who he is? He's the whatever of Iran. Yep. He has claimed over and over again that the Holocaust didn't happen. And we have nut job wackos in America who said, oh, the, the Holocaust is a figment of your imagination. They've million, also said that October 7th didn't happen. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, uh, Eight million plus Jews were not exterminated, right. were not, you know, murdered under Hitler. You know what? Maybe Hitler didn't even really exist. Or if he did, maybe he was a good guy. And that, my friends, is the danger of what we're seeing here. Was John C. Calhoun a great guy? Probably not. Ben Tillman? Great? No. It, you know what? And and I'm just going to shoot straight with you. They ever build a statue of me, and they're not going to. I'll promise you at some point, it, you know what? If, if you want to come talk to me, I'll tell you. Mitch Prosser, not a great guy. And that's part of the reality of this, Justin, is that what we're hearing now is you're telling us we're not good people. Yeah, you know what? We're telling you no one's good. I, I, there's this crazy thing called a Bible, and it tells me there's none good, no one righteous, no, no one, not one. We all need a Savior. We all need a healer. We all need help. And that is found in the person of Jesus Christ, in the saving and the and the care and the love and the truth, the hope that he provides. I think it's important as we wrap up the show today to remember that, again, not everything is to be honored. No. Everything should be remembered. Yes. And, well, I think that's all I'll say about that. Not everything should be honored, are but the, everything should be remembered. Are the skies friendly, Justin? Um, you know, we'll have to get to that another time, I okay. think. 
Yeah, we'll have to get that another time. We spent a lot of time on Iowa, (laughs) said all the presidential candidates ever. (laughs) I went to all 99. Went to all 99. All of them. So, until next time, enjoy your Hawkeye Cockeye night. Hopefully, you got your nachos and your, I don't know, what did they eat? Corn? I think they Um, eat popcorn. They eat a lot of popcorn. No, Indiana is the home of popcorn, but I'm thinking Iowa is the home of corn. This isn't heaven, Iowa. So, until next time, possibly tomorrow, if if the if the result is shocking tonight, we will uh, we will be here tomorrow. Uh, a pork tenderloin sandwich, wash that down with an ice cream and maybe some scotcheroos or a bucket of cookies. <laughs> I'll take the fried catfish and the fried cheese curds and the pork chop on a stick. Puppy chow. Um, I don't know what puppy chow is. Oh, sloppy Joe. Yeah, loose meat loose sandwich, meat is, a sandwich is, a, is a sloppy Joe. Yeah. Um. So I hope they enjoy that. Again, if the if the result is shocking tonight in Iowa, yeah. we will 100% be here tomorrow to break it down. If not, we will see you back here on Wednesday. Thank you so much for listening and subscribing and leaving us that five-star rating and review. You guys are what make this the fast-growing and strongest conservative talk show in the state of South Carolina. This until, one? This one. Until next time, for our entire staff, including Ben Crosser to my left, I'm Justin Hall. Have a great rest of your Monday. God bless.